Good morning, Gallahorn's two old bloggers. Go at it. Happy Sunday, everybody. It's two old bloggers here once again. This time to discuss what happened yesterday as the Denver Broncos came to town to play your Minnesota Vikings in preseason game one. But first, the man of the hour. We have Mr. Darren Campbell from the frozen north. How are you doing, Darren? Better than I was yesterday around this time. Really? I wonder <laughs> why that is. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, tough to watch yesterday. Just a little bit. Even, I, a, even the preseason game is uh, still tough to watch. And I'm wearing orange because we were the Broncos bitch <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. We were, well, you wanted to talk about three things. First on that topic list was, is it time to panic? Seems a bunch of people across the, the web are starting to do that. Well, there's a lot of things we could talk about just from yesterday. The good news is uh, probably not. no need to really focus on uh, COVID or like the quarterback's uh, covid situation anymore not much talk about that but but really uh, it, it isn't time to panic um and they're basically like weatherly and dantzler were the only guys playing yesterday at the beginning of the game who would who would we'd expect to play any significant snaps if the if the starters are not um you know if there's not a lot of injuries or suspensions or, or covid situation going on and the broncos went the other way they played a lot of their starters for a good portion of the first half and um, that's just the way it goes but the really uh i guess the what you would want to panic about is that uh the i think the vikings showed yesterday that i feel that they got a top heavy roster a lot of talent amongst the starters but then after that uh maybe we don't want to talk too much about it i I i think that uh it was uh you would like in a game like this to see you would like in a game like this to see uh some players or you know some positives and some players really showing consistently that they are they've got the stuff that makes them either promising for the future or or the present um and uh, i didn't see really any of those things the uh, about the only guy that could have been happy about what happened yesterday would be aj rose because he put on like a, a he got like basically a full game of tape to show to the whole nfl so even if he doesn't make the vikings and I, I don't think he will. Uh, he's going to be on somebody's team, and I think uh, either practice squad or the the active roster uh, come the start of the regular season. Just with the amount of tape that he showed yesterday and showing that he was capable a running back, even against the ones, uh, he wasn't spectacular, but positive runs just about most of the, every every carry he got, and uh, that's gonna he's going to get more opportunities in the next two games. And if he performs at that level, he'll be employed somewhere, which is good for him. For everybody else on the Vikings yesterday, not really much to to, to good about. I mean, uh, Chris Boyd made a nice pass defense. Uh, Janarius Robertson knocked down a, a pass late in the game. Patrick Jones had a tackle for a loss. Uh, Joseph made both field goals right up the middle, and that's about it as far as good stuff that I can think of. Uh, I, I guess Wyatt Davis, too, he played well enough that I think that 
or maybe I don't want to, we will talk about this later, but I think he played well enough that the Vikings will have to at least consider moving him up the depth chart at the right guard position. But uh, I just, it, 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 with the lack of depth that the Vikings have in a number of positions, uh, yesterday was just a little bit uh, concerning for that way because if certain guys go down in the linebacker spot or on the offensive line or at wide receiver, who's going to come in there and and play capably uh, to replace those starters that we lose? And during the year of uh, injuries, eventually all uh, always bite you at some position. And yesterday we just didn't really see much of anything. Another big concern was just uh, I don't care if it's starters, third stringers, fourth stringers, me playing out there. You want to see guys really firing to the ball. You want to see guys playing smartly. You want to see, uh, I think, uh, some emotion. I thought the team would look really flat. Uh, the play calling was extremely boring and even more vanilla than I think you would expect a preseason to be. And uh, and dumb penalties. Tackling was terrible. I don't know, like... Dave, am I wrong here? No, no, not at all. Are you aware that uh, the Vikings have to cut down to 85 by Tuesday at 3 o'clock Central? I am, and uh, our our, uh, good football buddy Tony Bell mentioned during one of the game threads that a lot of these guys that were playing yesterday for the Vikings will not be on the team uh, come Tuesday, and uh, thank God for that. I want (laughs) to acknowledge... (laughs) <laughs> uh, Viking Jerome, Anthony, and Mary have joined us today, and they've all got some Thanks, guys. input. Uh, I viewed yesterday, I thought yesterday was Mike Zimmer taking the tack of what was traditionally the fourth game of the pre- preseason, where you throw in all the second, third, fourth stringers in to see who has the ability to possibly show something worth keeping? Do they flash and show um, potential? Or do they just flame out under the lights? I think he... or I think it's actually a smart move to do that. Not necessarily with the cuts ahead. We're only going to cut five people and one or two of them may be uh, to the pup type injury reserve types, maybe uh, Kene Wangu being one of them. And he did what he did, but they didn't have, because they played this game, the first game, all those second, third stringers didn't have games one through three that they would have normally had some time with in the preseason to make up for some of those mistakes. There was a ton of them yesterday. Uh, Dorn missed on pass coverage. People weren't, uh, the backup linebackers weren't hitting their assignments correctly. They were misreading or they were slow. And as we'll get to later on the QBs, one of them was extremely slow processing things and getting up to NFL speed. It is... uh, it is what it is. And, Joseph, I'm not going to forget you either. Thanks, but Joseph. If it's – go ahead. 
No, I, I'm not panicking. It was, it, well, it wasn't fun to watch yesterday, but it is preseason, and and you, you gotta you gotta look at who we had out there and who the Broncos had out there for the most point. And I think the first half results kind of reflected what you would kind of, you would expect if starters are going against our second and in some case third stringers, um, and uh, you know the the Packers got uh, stomped yesterday as well. Um, I and, missed that. And, That's a bit and of good it, news. They lost to Houston like 26 to 7. Uh, Rodgers didn't play and he won't play the whole preseason. Uh, a lot of first string QBs did not play at all yesterday or played very little, uh, which I think would be pretty standard for the first first game. And we talked about this the past two shows, David, just how are the Vikings going to, how are teams going to approach the the three-game preseason as opposed to the four-game preseason, knowing that you've got 17 regular season games, one extra game of full, real football with you know, playing your starters and them having to take punishment for an extra game. Plus, if you make the playoffs beyond that, are, are teams going to really be conservative and, and rest their starters as much as they possibly can? And uh, the Vikings in this first game took the extreme measure of basically bit resting almost every starter they could think of. And, uh, and yeah, it, uh, it was, uh, we, we, when we found that out, I think half an hour or so before the game, I think we kind of thought that yeah, this game probably is going to not go that well. And it, and it didn't, but I think the, the, how badly it went was, was still a bit of concern because some of these guys are going to have to play this year and uh, like Dantzler is going to have to play a lot. And he didn't really look all that great out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Troy Dye certainly didn't look very good to me. He looked about the same as he did last year, which is miss a lot of tackles, never really making any plays of substance. Uh, and um, you know, again, like if the linebacker situation we're looking for somebody we need some people who in the future are going to be possibly replace anthony Barr if he flies the coop after next season and nick vigil is a one-year stopgap chaz serrat i thought played okay but but uh it's hard to sometimes when it was it was kind of hard to tell at times too like the the broncos pretty much did all they wanted to do on offense until they put Rippin in the game right i'm not panicking it's just uh, but again, you know, if your if your depth looks that bad, that is a concern. And it had obviously, and Mary touched on this. It had Mike Zimmer a little upset after the game that he didn't he didn't expect to see uh, some uh, of that play quality that he got. Um, especially after scrimmaging against the Broncos the previous two days or for two days during the week. And uh, as one who's coached, not obviously at that level, but coached before, I can understand those sentiments. He needs to, however, I don't know if it's preparation or what. Everybody can have bad days. The moon could be out of phase to quote a friend of ours, whatever it is, he needs to have people ready to play. In the preseason, does it really matter? No. Nobody cares. It won't matter in the overall win-loss record and whether the Vikings make the playoffs or not. That starts in September. But does it to us fans looking for more grains of hope and knowing that if somebody does go down, say Anthony Barr gets injured for the 1235th time 
and goes out, do we know we have a backup linebacker that can step in? Those are questions, Those that, are questions that answered yesterday were answered in the negative, and that is disheartening to most of us. Yeah, and a lot of the Vikings players, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but we've got several key players playing particularly on defense this year who are one year on one year contracts and uh, somebody's going to have to replace those guys. And, and if you drafted well, the past, you know, the last, uh, this draft and the draft before you would expect that you, some of those guys are going to be the depth and are going to be replacing potentially guys like maybe Patrick Peterson or Xavier Woods, or maybe even Anthony Barr, Nick Vigil and, uh, uh, Sheldon Richardson on and on it goes. And, and, uh, None of really very little flash yesterday. Like James Lynch was invisible. Uh, Armin Watts didn't play a whole lot, but again, you know the the Broncos pretty much ran over the our our, our starting defense and did what they could ever wanted the whole game. Um, if those guys are going to be replacing some of the one year players that we've got, then the things the future isn't looking all that great for the Vikings. Um, but again. You know, who, uh, another off season, and Brzezinski does his his salary cap magic, and maybe it doesn't become an issue. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, not not really, yeah, not a whole lot to write home about yesterday with the the players that we saw. Yeah, but there were some standouts. Um, like you said. I think standouts is a pretty strong, generous, <laughs> <laughs> very generous uh, way of putting it. I think. Yeah, I don't, like, did Patrick Patrick Jones look okay? I guess. Um, I, I thought he flashed. Now but, he didn't come in and play until later in the game, but uh, I thought he flashed for somebody that we didn't sort of expect. There was uh, Chris Boyd, as you mentioned before. I thought had an outstanding game. There was uh, even once we get to topic number three, even Wyatt Davis. Once he settled down and got rolled over the first couple of times, he was good. He he was fine. There were you know onesie twosies here and there, but it wasn't enough across the board to get encourage people. And speaking of across the board, there was two players that we got to watch, particularly hoping to see certain things. They were Jake Browning, who started the game, and then Kellen Mond, who played the majority of it and finished it. What were your impressions there? I don't think this is going to surprise anybody who watched the game yesterday, but uh, Browning did not look good. And if uh, particularly, I thought he was held on the ball too long, like seemed a second or two long, and I don't think he was really. He was even if he he was late getting rid of the like releasing the ball. I think I don't think he was trusting what he was seeing out there. He was like a step or two, a tick or two too late on a lot of the throws uh, there, and um, so, so it was a rough outing for him. We know he had the pick six. That was really could there could have been a couple other interceptions as well. And the uh, I I don't want to be the old. Teddy Bridgewater excuse type thing going on here, but uh, the, the one, uh, the other thing that Browning didn't have going for him was that uh, just about every pass play I saw, again, like pressure in his face, almost 
like once he got you know once he got to the second step of his drop there was guys coming up the middle busting through dozier busting through samia and maybe busting through mason cole too so he had that that push was up the middle he couldn't step into the pocket very much and i think that really impacted him especially when you're a guy like him who hasn't played a lot in nfl football even in preseason but when he did throw not very impressive and uh, again, if this is the guy who's going to be the backup, we'd heard some good things about him in his in his Viking um, that the work he'd done with the Viking night practice a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but it did, you know the, that's uh, was a, a another a, another concern from that game for me was watching Browning play. As for Mond, uh, I wasn't really overly impressed with what he did. Uh, he, like uh, if you like handoffs, then he was his aces, you know. Like um, well, he did didn't mess throw up a hand. Passes. But both the both quarterbacks Browning and, and Mond were hurt by drops, which was really another thing. I I counted. I think there was four or five that I counted. At least mm. four. Oh yeah. And uh, and ISM that was may have one of them that dropped more it, than well, it I, I think he, he dropped two. Davidson. There was somebody a tight end dropped one. Uh, Wap drop Fillior dropped a, a td pass from mon that was a, i thought a pretty nice yeah. throw by mon i don't know but if i count that he, as a drop more than hit out of his arms but if he had secured it we never got to see the good angle when he caught the ball and brought it to the chest they said he was bobbling it and didn't have it secure so when it got hit it bounced out if he had secured it immediately he would have had the two steps which i think would have been a touchdown but who knows in today's nfl You've got to be able to anticipate that as a receiver, especially going across the middle. And WAP was going across the middle, you know, even though it was the back of the end zone, that once you get the ball, catch the ball, you immediately secure it because you're going to get hammered. And it is what it is. I, yeah, I, I thought Mond, you know, the, I think the, the final stats for the, the Vikings quarterbacks was, I think, they 11 for 26 uh, and not even 90 yards passing, the one pick six. Not really great stuff to write home about. And, and, and Mond didn't, like you know, they only averaged about three yards per, per completion. Um, the play calling Part of that was is very, play calling. Yes. Yeah. The play calling was very, very conservative. I don't think that the wide receivers were getting open or creating any separation at all. It seemed like you know, they kept on throwing to Amir Smith Marset a lot, and the corner, every cornerback that was covering him was all it was in his shorts. So he, you know, this guy who's supposed to be very, very fast, but I get uh, route running was always a concern with him, and I think that showed yesterday. He just couldn't, you know, the 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 DBs were running the route for him. Uh, so not a great showing. KJ Osborne didn't play a whole lot, but didn't really do much when he was in there. You know, same for the other guys mm-hmm. like Mitchell, Chisina, and Fillior. They're not going to scare anybody, and and I think that that played into it too. But really puzzling that the Vikings ran the ball so damn much, especially when Mond was in there. Come on, uh, what do you got to lose? You were down by twenty right. some points anyway. Uh, in a normal game, you'd be throwing the ball, not handing it off to AJ Rose. If you want to see what Mon can do, make him Let throw him the throw. ball, get him or get him scrambling. He had a couple of nice scrambles, but I wasn't really all that impressed with Mond. But I'm not going to be too hard on him because he's had a bit of a truncated training camp so far, and uh, and we knew he was a development project anyway, and this is part of the development. 
Right. And Mike Zimmer was a little upset with him, says he's a little bit slow processing and uh, making decisions. That's normal from a that third was that was the whole that was the, that was the whole team yesterday. That was the whole team yesterday. Well, slow he processing. specifically pulled out Mond, but that's normal from a third round rookie. That if, yeah, if I, he's playing better than that, we should be surprised. But that's normal. I mean, and it's normal for a bunch of the other guys too, especially the rookies that aren't used to the speed that aren't used to suddenly being under the lights and everything, you know, ramping up. So that's why I don't think it's time to panic on just one game. We'll panic during the season if the starters are doing BS like this. But as of right now, the only, only take from this game I get is that our depth isn't as good as where we'd want it to be. Oh, it's definitely not. But, but you got to remember, uh, if somebody goes down and one of those depth pieces has to step up, they're going in with 10 other starters, not just because one starter goes down, the whole 11 doesn't go down, and they're all in there with the second team. So the play does change a little bit. It does. And, the, yeah, you, you have to remember that as well, that, again, yeah, they're, they're not going in there with the – they're not – it's not the backup of the backup. They're going to be hopefully have, a, like you say, nine or ten of a legit NFL starters who can, uh, uh, I don't know, make up for your shortcomings is the right way of putting it, but at least it, they wouldn't be as noticeable. Uh, but, you know, you, you know the, the quarterbacks, not a great showing yesterday. Uh, would we uh, we would have liked to have seen them do better. They do have two more opportunities to turn that around, and maybe in those games the, the Vikings will – uh, I I don't expect to see Thielen or Jefferson in there, so our passing game I think is going to suffer. But you know, uh, get D.D. Westbrook in there, uh, maybe get Hopefully. Conklin in there, pr- provide a little bit of uh, support for for the guys who are slinging it, and uh, and you know play. I, another thing is I I'm a bit surprised that Udo did not play at all yesterday. I know he's first on the depth chart and the starter. None of the starters really played, but. Udo has not been a starter in his previous two seasons. He's playing a new position. I would have thought maybe they're figuring like, well, we don't want him to go in with guys he's not going to play with. That exactly. probably was the rash rationale. But uh, for a guy, I think he would need real live game reps. Um, he didn't get them yesterday. And, and maybe he will in the second game against Indy and, and play like a full half, and that'll be enough. I don't know what they're going to do for the third game. I fully expect them to see the whole starting offense and defense minus a few select players next week. And I expect it in week three. We have a longer time between week three and uh, of the preseason and week one of the regular season where we didn't used to have that with four games. Mm-hmm. So I expect them to work preseason games two and three like they worked two and three in the previous four games set. And I would wager we see Ole um, trying to kick some ass next week. Yeah, that'll be good to see anybody, somebody, anybody on the Vikings kicking ass next, next, week. next week. Speaking of kicking ass or lack thereof, that brings us to our third subject of today. Facepalm moment. Why is Dakota Dozier still on this team? 
a question that all Vikings fans who aren't seriously injecting the purple Kool-Aid into their veins are saying today is like, what the hell is this guy doing? Uh, on the, again, on the game thread that I was on yesterday, the, after, you know, he gives up the safety and like, uh, had the, uh, something, there was another, like another penalty. It was again, a false start. False start. The second one. I and, thought it was two holdings, but it was a holding and a false start. Holding resulted and, in two points. And, and the pressure that was coming up the middle, on every passing play, which the Vikings did not have many, <laughs> but, uh, but every passing play with the, the, the pressure that was coming up the middle, just so And we, and last year we know Dozier was the weak link. Uh, the, the, the pro football focus grade said it, the eye test said it, uh, scouting, you know, said everybody it. said it, everybody said it, uh, Nothing that we saw yesterday is any different than what we saw last year in all 16 games. And really on the game threads was like, this guy should be cut at halftime was what I said. And a few others were saying, or maybe even earlier, maybe you know, midway through the midway through as soon as he was done for the, for the day, but he's still on the team and somehow still uh, ranked second on the depth chart at right guard. I suspect uh, that changes though this week. That is, that might be the only good thing that comes out of yesterday's game was that Wyatt Davis showed enough that he can move ahead of Dozier in the depth chart. And I really feel like, I don't know what Dozier has or and his agent have some weird, like they've cast a spell on the Vikings offensive coaching staff or Rick Spielman. I don't know after after three seasons or two and this is going into the third, like what they can possibly see in him that would think that they can't find somebody who's an upgrade over this guy. Uh and Even I got a Samia feel- played better yesterday over on the other side than Dozier did. And Samia was worse Samia last year. Yes, yeah. Which was hard to believe, but apparently that was the case. I, I, you know, Dave, what are we going to do? We're just fans, right? Uh, we've been calling for Dozier's head. Yeah, like Mary says, doesn't Zimmer see it? He's I do. got to. I can't see why he would, even being a defensive mind and focusing a lot on his defense, which, of course, is his baby, he does pay attention to the other side of the ball, right? He obviously bitched about the quarterbacks. He bitched about the punter which we won't get into this show, but there's another guy that we should be looking to see punters come in this week. He cares about the other side. Why he can't see that and say, I want it fixed. I mean, he did to a point saying, I want bigger, stronger linemen. But there's got to be something somewhere else that says they like something about Dozier, at least somebody in the organization does to keep him. Because I just don't see it. He didn't improve at all. Samia, you saw some improvement, right? Kyle Hinton played better than both those guys. You saw no improvement on Dozier. Like I said on one of the other shows, if I was him, I would have hooked up with some sort of offensive line guru through the offseason and tried to work on it one way or the other. It, it's a private contract. It has nothing to do with the NFL, but it improves your chances to make a team. If you're trying to blow a good career, don't do anything. And that's what it seems Dozier has done. 
absolutely nothing, and he is no better today than he was in week 16 or 12 or 10 or 8 last year. And it's so, so frustrating to all of us fans that care about this team so much. And yeah, I really want to see something done about this. And uh, I don't think we're going to see anything done until... If we see anything done, it would seem like uh, it'll be the last cut down. Uh, perhaps there's a guard, a right guard, who's let go that the Vikings can pick up and plug in instead of Dozier. And it might not be like learning the play book and a new team might be not such of a big deal because you got Udo and Davis who who are there and who can, you know, you can put either one in as a starter or however it needs be. And the, the other guy you pick up maybe uh, has got time to catch up. Um, so the, I, I, I don't know what any more we can say about Dozier. We keep on wondering, why is this guy on the team? He is still on the team. I have a feeling he will probably continue to be on the team for the entire year, whether we like it or not. Hopefully he's he doesn't do any damage by not seeing the field. I think there's a good chance of that, especially if Davis can really show his stuff next game in whatever amount he plays and in the final third game. And if some and if when Udo, whenever he plays, if he shows that he's solid, he can handle the position and Davis is ascending, then I think that that means that Dozier is basically the odd guy out. He might still be on the team, but he'd be like a a third stringer who might not even dress on game days. But, um, you know, the Vikings uh, like the Vikings. Zimmer likes his veterans, uh, even even the offensive ones. I don't know. Trade for Riley Reef. Uh, <laughs> that ship has sailed. Yeah. And uh, Blake Brandall didn't do terribly. Um, and he'll hard be, to know, you know. So the, um, it would the 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 interior rushers from the Broncos were getting in Browning and Mon's face um, so quickly, it, like it, the tackles weren't even an issue. Right, I, I found <laughs> oh, like, that's sad. Raymond, welcome to the show. Um, I don't think cap hit on Dozier means squat. They'll eat that if they have to. I don't think there's much yeah, he's, once they resign him. I think they signed him for minimums, so not a big deal. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, he's barely making over a million, isn't he? Mm-hmm. If he's making even that, he's 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 willing and he's cheap, which seems to be what the Vikings are looking for in these days with the salary cap being as being what it is for them. They can't. Uh, they they spent their money on the defense in the offseason, and, and rightly so. But they still have they, money. They haven't done either yeah. extension yet, right? No. Uh, being no. O'Neal or Harris, uh, or Harrison Smith. And they still have money. They could still get – I think you're probably correct. They're going to wait till the massive cuts after week three of the preseason and then see who's available and pick – have a variety, a handful of people to pick that are better than Dakota Dozier, and we'll see how those cuts down come down. I don't see Dozier being cut this week as much as I would like it. I don't see that happening, but no, who knows? Next game is 
at U.S. Bank again, and it was wonderful to see fans there. It wasn't quite full. A bunch of people bailed out, especially probably after they saw that 31, starter, or 31 players weren't going to play. They just well, stayed in the t- at the tailgate. It would have been more enjoyable. Um, yeah. But it was good to see fans in the stands, good to see the Skull chant once again. And uh, it's wonderful that we have the potential of some more normal regular season football ahead. There was a lot of orange jerseys, a lot of orange shirts in the in the stands too of those that were there. It looked like it was about half half donkeys, half Vikings yeah, of the, of the amount of people that were there. There was, there was some. Broncos fans travel well, just like Vikings fans traditionally do. And it's not that far of a, like it's not that. Uh, it's a day or it's a single yeah. flight. That's yeah. it's nothing. So yeah. with that, let's wrap up this show. Is there anything you'd like to tell the viewers? <laughs> uh, come back next week. Hopefully we'll have better things to say uh, about uh, the, the preseason game. And we'll see how the Vikings play this one and how the Colts play this one too. Uh, as far as how many starters play, how long they play, and what uh, the level of competence is amongst uh, the, the players who do play. Uh, there wasn't much competence showed yesterday on the Vikings side of things. And again, not going to panic too much. It's always aggravating during the actual game. You're like, what are these guys doing? Can't they do anything right? Uh, come on, give us something to cheer about. But after the game, when you you look at the level of competition, who was in there, who wasn't, uh, not terribly upset, but w- still some concerns. Uh, but I think if you go into uh, the the Colts game and you play more of your starters, and uh, and the results are s- still quite similar, then maybe the panic button. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit closer to to, to pressing it, press the big red button. But uh-huh. uh, you know the, the Vikings uh, in, in all of Zimmer's time here, I'd it'd be curious to kind of go back and see. But his preseason record is like outstanding. Like he he was, he's rarely lost. He's like gone a whole bunch of of uh, preseasons where the Vikings have gone like four and zero or three and one. And you know, how many uh, Super Bowls have we, have we, have we got to zero? Uh, So maybe this year we go one and two or and three or whatever. Uh, That doesn't really, I don't think it it means very much if you're not playing the starters very much. And the other teams aren't playing the starters either. We know that the Vikings have a, a pretty good talent at the starter level and that will be, I, th- I think, you know, th- this team has a chance to be, uh, you know, a very good team. It's going to come down to, I think, injuries and, as usual, how well number eight plays and how well I think the offensive line protects. Uh, I, I think maybe the, the last thing I want to say is I'm hoping in the Colts game, probably not. we're not going to see it, but uh, there was, like, we had no pass rush yesterday. None. Uh, I think I can't even you know we barely put a finger on any of the Broncos quarterbacks and of course last year that was a big issue for the Vikings without Hunter Hunter's back this year but he's going to need some help who's going to help him we still haven't got the answer to that question yet and I hope uh, next week and the following week we get some of those answers Uh, is uh, Weatherly I think is a known commodity but not really a great commodity uh, I think it's really going to be up to some guys like Patrick Jones and Janarius Robinson 
uh, and DJ Wanham to somehow be that wild card that uh, provides a little bit of juice in pass rushing. And uh, Jones provided a little bit of it uh, yesterday. Uh, yep. Let's see if we see a bit more. You know how many pressures we got yesterday? No idea, but it had to be very few. <laughs> yeah. Three. Who got them? The whole game. Believe it or not, Stephen Weatherly got one, DJ Wanham got one, and Miles Dorn got one. Hmm. Wanham, like he played like two series, maybe? It didn't. I. He played I know 17 that, uh, snaps. He and Weatherly both yeah. 17 snaps. So. I know that uh, Birchich was on him kind of bad at the beginning of the game. The whole defensive line actually saying that they weren't, you know, they weren't uh, like they're basically absorbing the offensive lines blocks and they weren't getting any push. Uh, they were getting pushed back a lot of times. And I, he mentioned one of them a couple of times needing to be stouter, like uh, when a tight end was blocking him and that sort of thing. Uh, not so. Uh, yeah. I'm, I don't know where that pressure came from. I, I didn't see it, but, but anyway, I'm, I'm glad he got one. And until then, enjoying the rest of the week with Climbing the Pocket. Our shows are full go on schedule. And until then, enjoy your afternoon and see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central. Skull, everybody! Skull, baby! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. <laughs>